Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Epic Classroom Podcast. My name is Trevor Muir and I've been a middle and high school teacher as well as a teacher of future and current teachers and I love a good story. And I love to explore ways to help students live out great stories and for educators to thrive in their own. And that's what we talk about in this podcast. Whatever you teach or however you serve in schools, how can you lead a more impactful, dynamic, meaningful, and epic classroom? All right. Hi, my friends. It is feeling quite heavy this morning as I record this podcast. Just yesterday afternoon, I was playing with my kids in our cul-de-sac and we were throwing the baseball around and just having a good time. We've been working on this garden and my second grader and my kindergartner and my wife, we've just all been working hard on building and cultivating this space and making it beautiful. And so our plan was to stop playing baseball and then run over there and start planting in our garden with my kids. And it was all about them learning and getting excited about where their food comes and to grow their own. And, and I just didn't feel like there was anything in the world that could disrupt the joy I was feeling with them in the cul-de-sac yesterday afternoon. And then my neighbor, Bob, comes out and Bob uh, says, hey, did you guys see what's happening right now? I said, nope, left my phone inside, Bob. What's going on? And he told us what, uh, he told us what's happening in Uvalde. Um, he, he was telling us about uh, the, the shooting that happened. And, and the tragedy that occurred at an elementary school down there in Texas. And, and at first when he said this, and this is before even all of the total numbers of lives lost, of children lost was made clear, he just said, oh, so far there's 14 children have been killed by a shooter. And, and my heart dropped because I'm, I'll never forget that moment when I was a very young teacher and, and somebody coming in with very similar news about what happened at Sandy Hook Elementary. And, and I remember just the pit in my stomach and the, and the terror and the fear I was feeling in that moment as a teacher. And, and then to be reminded of that same fear and terror again. Uh, but this time, as, as I have two children who would have been in that school if we lived in that area. Um, I, I've got two kids that just have their whole lives in front of them and, and just experience joy in ways that I could only dream of and, and the innocence in their eyes and I'm standing next to them and they didn't hear my, my neighbor say this and so they're still just playing and they're ready to run over, over to the garden and all I could think in that moment was, uh, how, do you, how do you move forward from this? As, as an educator, but as a parent, as a citizen, what do you do here? I mean, I, I can't fathom the pain felt by the parents down there in Uvalde. I can't fathom the, the fear and pain from those kids who were there to witness it and, and to the educators and teachers there. But, and, and so I, I can't even put my play, I can't even empathize in that moment. All I can imagine is what it would feel like for me. Um, and as, as my kids, as I dropped them off at school this morning, as I was... Uh, in, in the car pickup line and they were climbing out of the backseat of my truck. I said, hey, hang on guys. Um, 
I need a hug before you go. And, and I hugged Jack and Piper tighter than I have in a long time. And I love to give those kids hugs, but man, it was, there was something deeper about the way I embrace them when I let them go today, because there's just this uncertainty and, and I don't believe in living in fear. And yet when things like what happened yesterday happen, I don't know how you can't live in some type of fear. And, and so I just hugged them tight and said a little prayer as they, as they went off to their elementary school, a place that's supposed to be a safe haven, right? It's supposed to be a place where there's just unadulterated joy and learning and, and, and peace and calm. There shouldn't be fear in that place. It's, it's a place that's inherently the, the opposite of fear. It's supposed to be about growth and progress and learning. And yet that was stripped away from a, from at least 20 kids yesterday. Um, and a whole community, and a whole bunch of teachers, and, and man, I, like everyone else who has heard that news, um, who works in schools, who sends their own children to schools, who live by schools, who are a product of the school system, I am just heartbroken, and, and I don't have a hot take today to address it. <laughs> I don't, I don't have any special words to eliminate this problem. All I know is that it just still doesn't feel normal. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 these incidents continue to happen. Yesterday's was just even more horrific than anything we've seen in a while, but there continues to be these, these shootings, these mass murders that are happening in schools, which again, it's never supposed to happen there and it keeps happening and yet it doesn't feel normal. You know what I mean? I, I don't feel numb to it, and yet, yet I also feel helpless about it. Um, so I don't know. I just, I thought before we dive into the podcast, I, w- I would just like to, yeah, just share the brokenness I feel, because I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you must have some type of investment in education, um, and you're probably feeling that brokenness as well. And so, my hope is that we can make changes in our society. Something's got to change to stop this type of madness, this type of evil from happening anymore because it's got to stop. I, I, uh, so I don't know. If, if there's anybody down um, in Texas where this happened um, that's listening to this, just know uh, I'm sending you all of my love and support, um, and I can't fathom what you're going through in this time. So on that note, going through this time, this has been a really tough time to be an educator. Um, and I know I kind of say this a lot, but it's just true. I've gotten the opportunity the last couple months now to travel around and be with teachers all over the place, down in South Carolina. And I was in um, Illinois last week and Indiana the week before that. And, you know, I got to connect with a bunch of teachers in South Africa a couple weeks ago. And, and, and I'm getting all these really fun, awesome opportunities to get to be with educators and share with educators and listen and work alongside educators. And it's been brilliant. And yet, I'm just hearing this, this unanimous feeling across the board that the last two years have sucked a bit, right? That it has just been outright challenging. And, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to the choir here, but just with all of the disruption and COVID and social and political upheaval, all of this stuff has made this a really challenging time. And so... Uh, 
I, I kind of want to talk about that for a moment, and I don't want to slap a silver lining on it, but I do want to kind of share a couple observations as we kind of, you know, at least if you're stateside here, if you're wrapping up um, the school year after another really challenging year, I thought it'd be helpful to think about what are some ways um, we can close out this year with a little bit of hope and joy as we look forward into to the summer and the break and the rest and recuperation that is to come, but then also the next school year that follows. Is it possible to, to actually approach it with some hopefulness or not? So to do that, um, actually, this afternoon, uh, when I'm done recording this podcast, uh, I'm actually going to my kids' elementary school right after school gets out, and I'm shooting a little video for teachers, and it's going to be called something along the lines of normal. I'm not sure yet. Maybe that's what we'll call this podcast, but it has to do with, uh, well, you know what? I, I thought maybe it would be helpful or, or fun to read what I plan on saying in that video, um, and so if you're listening to this podcast, you get the sneak peek at it uh, of the video. But then uh, keep an eye out on my social media at Trevor Muir um, on Facebook, Trevor Muir, the Epic Classroom or at the Epic Classroom on Instagram or on Twitter, Trevor Muir, where I'll be posting the video uh, that, that I'm going to read to you right now. But if you're on the podcast, if, if you're listening to this now, which, yeah, that only makes sense that you're listening to this now. How else would you be listening to this? Um, I, I want to read to you that script, and then maybe we can talk about it and maybe come up with some concrete ways of, of really letting this type of thing work on you and, and going in to the summer feeling hopeful uh, for everything that's to come. So this is what I plan on saying in that video uh, that I actually have a whole crew coming uh, to help me make. Uh, this is what I plan on saying in that video. Remember last August when we thought the school year was just going to be great? The past two years was so hard, but COVID is over. All that political strife seems to be muted for now. Let's just dive into the school year as we return to normal and let's have the best year ever. Remember that? For a lot of educators, it hasn't felt like the best year ever or anything close to normal. Getting students who had grown so used to being at home in virtual classrooms and living by their own schedules and their own rules and their own motivations, getting them to not only work in school but actually be passionate about it and engaged has not been normal. Shutting out all of the external noises, the clueless politicians, the guy from high school on Facebook, the people who have no idea what it means to be an educator but are trying to tell you how to teach and lead students hasn't been normal. And leading a school or a classroom with constant disruptions, half of your class out on quarantine, teacher shortages, sub shortages, TikTok challenges that destroy bathrooms, all these disruptions and more they've kept on coming. Meanwhile, trying to care about the health and safety and well-being of our students while simultaneously trying to preserve our own has not been normal. This hasn't felt like the fresh start we were hoping for. So do we get our hopes up for next year? Are we setting ourselves up for disappointment if we dare to believe, if we have the audacity to think that there is a normal school year on the horizon? I don't know. But I do know that despite all the loud voices and disruption and the pandemic, my little girl learned to read this year. 
and I mostly have her kindergarten teacher to thank for that. And I know that over three million hopeful seniors walked across the graduation stage this spring. And I know my friend Lauren, who is a school nurse, took the time to answer every single question a family asked her during the pandemic, and she did it with an immeasurable amount of patience. And I know that a group of teachers I met in Detroit who lost one of their students to a car crash last October were a bedrock in their community during that tragedy. And that teacher whose class that that student was in let his older brother come and sit in her room every single day because it brought him comfort. That still happened this past year. And I know lots of teachers who said that student behavior has been worse than ever. But for some reason, whether it's coming together during a hard time or maybe it's just a hopeful sign from this generation, building relationships with students has never been better. And I know my son wants to be an author when he grows up because his teacher told him that he already is one this year. And I know all this talk about learning loss is real, but I also know without a doubt how much worse it would have been if there weren't millions of teachers committed to adapting to these times and circumstances and still finding ways to educate. And I know that kids in science class, science class were still made curious. I know kids in ELA learned to communicate beautifully. I know math classes still showed students different ways to think and solve problems. I know the future is brighter because social studies teachers help students learn about where we've been to to inform where we're going. And I know some kids fell in love with books for the very first time this year in their school libraries. And I know school leaders made impossible decisions to lead staff and students through a very dark season. And I know artists got to practice their craft and art classes. Music filled hallways and hearts from band rooms. Kids were listened to by counselors, motivated by gym teachers, transported safely by bus drivers, assistants and specialists did everything they could to serve teachers and their students, and those teachers still made a lasting difference in their students' lives. None of this is meant to slap a silver lining on anything. It's been hard, but it hasn't been without fruit. And so as we move towards another year that I'm sure will have its own challenges, hopefully easier ones, just know that the work of an educator is never in vain. In the tough times and the peaceful ones, growth, success, progress, breakthroughs, magic still happens. So that's what the video will be. Um, and we're going to just see how it goes. It's a lot to say in about three and a half minutes. So we're going to see how it goes. But hopefully you got the main point and hopefully you believe it. Again, like I said in the video, it's not a silver lining like, hey, it's been hard, but look on the bright side. That's not what it means. It means that sometimes when things are challenging and hard and difficult, success still happens. Right. Like even though you might not always see the evidence of your of your work, you don't always see the fruit of your toils doesn't mean that it's not there, that it's not growing. And sometimes when there's so much negativity, which I think we'd all agree, there's been lots and lots of it. There's been copious amounts the last couple of years. Sometimes negativity can drown out the positivity. 
And yet that positivity still exists. I asked a bunch of teachers on social media the other day. I said, where, I said, feel free to answer this how you'd like. Where have you still seen success during this really challenging season of your, season of your life as, as a teacher, as an educator, as a, as a person? Where have you still seen success? And just so many people listed all of the ways that they found success in their classrooms and, and in their schools. They talked about the relationships they built. They talked about the graduations that still happen. They talked about kids learning to read and, and, and culture being built. And they talked about all of these different ways that positivity still seemed to shine through all of that darkness. Success still happens when life is hard. And I think right now as we are hopefully going to be about to catch our breath a bit um, and, and hopefully getting a chance to rest and again recuperate and reflect on where we've been. Hopefully part of that reflection isn't just, man, that was hard, which by the way, I think there's space for that as well. But I think beyond just saying, man, that was hard, maybe it's also saying, that was really hard. And yet I still watch that student who seemed like a hopeless cause at the beginning of the year. I watched him walk across the stage at graduation. Or that student uh, who had an IEP at the beginning of the year no longer needs one because they, that, that learning loss, quote unquote, that they were experiencing has been caught up. They learned or may, uh, I, I finally figured out how to get my students to work in groups and I'll never forget that project we did. Whatever it is, there are successes and we've got to take time to recognize them. And so maybe a practice that you could do right now uh, in this season that we are moving into, this, this period of, of, of a break of some way, I know there's still work going on, but maybe as we move into it and we're leaving the chapter that has been the 2021-22 school year behind, maybe one thing you can do is just create a list of successes that you've seen in the last year in your school or in your classroom. Where have you seen success? What's gone good? Make a list. And I mean it, like write it out. Do it on the notes app on your phone. Or maybe get out, you know, like old-fashioned paper, right? Like, like crinkly paper. And write it down with a pencil. List it out and then read it out loud. Maybe share it with someone. Remind yourself that even when life is hard, that good things still happen. There's still grace woven into all of it. And again, this isn't to ignore or nullify the challenges. It's just to point out that in spite of all of it, you still help students find success. Or if you're a school leader, you still helped improve your school culture. Or you still helped a teacher find their worth or find direction or find structure or whatever it is. You, despite all of it, you still found ways to keep moving forward. And we've got to list what that is. We've got to be able to name it. And so that's, that's one thing you can do. I think another thing to really help find some of the positivity that's occurred despite all of the madness is to maybe just turn off some of that madness. You know, shut out some of the noise that seems to cloud all of the good that can happen. And, and for me, I can only speak for myself, I've had to do a lot of work in my life to shut out some of those external noises because I've learned they're not always good for me. One of them is social media. I don't want to go on social media to find negativity anymore, right? There's enough negativity in our everyday lives um, and in the news that we see and, and interactions, unfortunately, we have sometimes in person that, that 
I don't need to get it on social media as well. I don't need that guy who I haven't seen in 20 years from high school going on and on about what he thinks about teachers or what he thinks we should be doing or what books should be banned or what we should teach or what we shouldn't teach. I don't need to hear that. That doesn't mean I'm putting my head in the sand like an ostrich and just ignoring it. It means I don't need to engage with it every time that I have some downtime. And so for me, I've d deleted Twitter off of my phone. And I like going on Twitter, by the way. It, and, and I got to be honest with you. I'll, I mean, you know what? I'm going to share a confession with you because you took the time to not only download this podcast, but listen 20 minutes into it. I'm going to share a confession with you. Keep this to yourself, though. I have a guilty pleasure of following negativity on social media. I know, pretty big confession, right? Like I get a, a strange dopamine hit, a strange source of joy, not joy, strange joy dose of pleasure from following people who I disagree with on Twitter. And I don't engage with them. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get in Twitter battles. I, I, I at least have enough wisdom not to do that. But, you know, I, I've had this bad habit the last few years of following people who say things that really bother me, that annoy me, that have hot takes on education that I don't agree with, or hot takes about teachers that I don't agree with, or hot takes about how we should interact or should not interact with students. I, I, I follow this, or I'll, I'll even follow some politicians or public leaders who are just completely, in my opinion, my humble opinion, are completely the antithesis to what I think should be happening in school and education, and yet I follow them anyway. And I don't know why, but I get some type of strange rise out of it. Like, and, and yet I do it over and over, and, and I would find myself standing in line at the grocery store with my phone in hand, waiting for my turn to, to buy my groceries, and I'm on Twitter, and I'm just looking at all of these hot takes from people who I don't agree with. And it would make me upset. And then when I'd be done on that, I'd be driving home and I'd be kind of upset about it. And I'd want to talk about it and, and all this stuff. And at one point, it kind of just hit me. This isn't bringing me any actual joy. Maybe there's this strange, and I don't know, again, I don't know if pleasure is the word, but th this strange, yeah, maybe pleasure from following this, but it, it, it's not a lasting joy or even happiness. D do you struggle with that as well? Do you follow some people on social media or pages on Facebook or videos on TikTok or an Instagram that doesn't really do anything good for you, right? Do you, do you follow any of those people on Instagram who are teachers and maybe they're like super teachers and they've got the perfect classroom and everything they do is buttoned up and everything they say is well rehearsed and it looks like they've got something about teaching figured out that you don't and it doesn't matter how hard you try, you'll just never be good enough and yet you continue to follow their Instagram page and you continue to feel envy about it. Do you experience that as well? Because I want to know that I'm not the only one. Yeah, a lot of people do. And so you know what I did? I deleted Twitter. Right? And I stopped following accounts on Instagram that didn't bring me joy, that brought negativity to my life. I just quit. And I thought that I was going to miss it. I thought I was like, you know what? I'm going to get bored. Because usually when I'm bored, it's easy to turn to those pages and just at least get some thinking going, right? Like even if it's angry or negative thinking, uh, I'm, I'm going to be bored because I don't have that. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not more bored. I'm happier. It, it's good to not follow that negativity. I feel more positivity in my own life, in my everyday interactions, and standing in line at grocery, I feel more at peace when I am just present, when I'm not thinking about some of that negativity and hearing that noise. Because here's the thing, it's still happening when I'm not looking at it, 
right? There's still people spouting off about teachers and saying things that I know are not true. And, and, and for one, I never even really engaged with them. Sometimes I did, but most of the time I just read it. And so it's like, well, what, what benefit is that to me or anyone else? I'm not changing anything by not engaging. But then even when I do engage, when I am active, when I see something that's just so atrocious and I have to leave a comment or I need to share something about it, often that doesn't really do anything as well, right? It's really hard to change somebody's polar opposite opinion and viewpoints uh, on social media. That happens in person. That happens in the flesh. That happens in action, through action, through example. Um, and so I've just deleted that stuff off of my phone. I still access Twitter, and I'm still active there when I do it on my desktop, when I'm actually working, when it feels a little bit more purposeful. But it's most, mostly just to publish and engage with people on the things that I publish. You know, I'll put up an article or a video or something like that, and people will leave comments. And of course, I love to engage there, but that feels more meaningful. That feels a little bit more tangible, like, like the, we're actually interacting here. Um, but as far as just being a bystander and, and following just to get angry, it does nothing good for me. And what it does, it, it, it overshadows the actual good going on in the world. It overshadows the good that's actually happening in schools. You know, I was, I was talking to someone just yesterday, actually, and, and they were just telling me all about what's wrong with education and, and why it needs to be fixed and everything wrong with, with what's happening in schools and the legislation and teachers and all this stuff. And, and my response was like, yeah, listen, I'll be the first to say there's absolutely things that need to change in the education system. There's definitely things that could be done better and more support could be given to educators and, and, and blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, I agree. However, you seem to be letting, uh, leaving out a lot of the good that is happening now, right? Like when, when we just say everything is foul in the school system, we forget to mention the good stuff. Right, the stories that are happening, the lives being changed, the students, the kids who are learning and growing and thriving and moving on to brighter futures. We're, we're leaving out all of the goodness of school and the goodness between teachers and their students and, their, and the good school leaders that support those teachers. We're leaving out the good. And, and I think part of the reason that people focus so much on the negative is because of so much of that external negative noise, whether it's social media, whether it's podcasts that derail teachers, whether it's the news and those anchors who have it out for educators for some reason, and they just fill everybody's brains with the negativity about what's happening in schools, and they just forget to mention the good stuff that's actually happening. And so as we wrap up the school year and we move into a new season that hopefully for you, and I know this isn't universal, but hopefully for you is defined by rest. As we move into that season, I hope you can take some time to identify some success that happened within your presence at a school this last year. Where have you seen growth? Where did you see a kid have a breakthrough? Where did you make connections? Where did students make connections? What good happened this, this last year? And then aside from that, I hope that you can find some practices, some disciplines, some structures that help you turn off the noise. That helps you shut out all of that stuff that does nothing but bring you down and bring your well-being and your state of mind down. And instead, maybe you could replace it with, with, with people and voices and, and resources that build you up. So 
cut out some of that negative social media. There's lots of good positive social media, by the way. That's one of my mantras uh, as I engage on social media. As much as I decry uh, what social media has done for kids and really all of us, I think there's been a lot of bad that has come from it. I think there's also a lot of good or at least potential good there as well. And so that's one of the questions I, or that's one of the, my litmus tests for do I post this or not? Does it bring any good to the world? And, and that's always what I ask before I post anything, whether it's a resource or one of my hot takes or an article or a video, does it bring any good into the world? And so that's my, that's my rule for publishing. That's my rule for following. Do you bring any good into the world? And, and if you do, I'll follow you. So anyway, list those successes, turn off the noise, and remember that the work you do as an educator is fundamentally good. The work you do not only influences your students, but it also influences the communities they live in, and, and, and it influences the societies that those communities are a part of, and then that means ultimately uh, it influences the rest of the world. So the work you are doing is having a global impact, and you need to know this. So that is all we've got today. Friends in Uvalde, uh, sending all of my love and prayers um, and any support I can offer to you uh, during this really, really tough time. And every educator who's heard that news, um, wishing you lots and lots of grace and peace, as I'm sure you're approaching your work a little different today. So. Anyway, thank you, my friends, for following the Epic Classroom Podcast. Feel free to share this with any friends or educators who you think might enjoy it as well. And please leave me a review. I love to hear what you think about it. Um, and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye. Take care. <laughs>